Hey everyone, welcome back to the Breaking Western Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to shift gears a little bit. This season is all about influencers and influential people, and today we're talking with someone who is quite literally changing the face of the Western industry. Abby, tell them who we're talking to. John Ferguson. He's a photographer from the UK who has spent his career covering news stories after things like natural disasters to active conflict zones. He's photographed celebrities and he even promotes corporate accounts. So it was on one of these work assignments that John had a chance encounter with a really unlikely, (laughs) (laughs) we'll say, group in New York City's Times Square. And that's the reason we're speaking with him today. Mm. Amidst the bright lights and the big city, John met a group of black cowboys on horseback, a sight he had never seen before. Uh, Truthfully, a sight not many of us (laughs) probably seen before. Not just cowboys in the city, but black cowboys in the city. John was inspired to learn more and started to ask himself questions that I'm sure a lot of us are asking ourselves right now. (laughs) Really? Why haven't we heard about black cowboys before? Is that that a thing? (laughs) And... If so, why aren't they really a bigger, more visible part of the Western Mm. world today? But most importantly, how familiar are we actually with the history of cowboys, the history of the West, and the idea of that being anything but predominantly white? Mm. Unsurprisingly, this is not the history we'll read about in the pages of our classroom history books, These are not the faces we'll see in feature films of the Wild West. Theirs are not the names we'll hear credited with the founding of range management techniques or rodeo sports or even, ironically, the name of the cowboy itself. This blows my mind. (laughs) So in the late 1800s, it's estimated that one in every four men working in the cattle industry was black. One in every four. 25%. So many of these men were either former slaves or the descendants of slaves and highly skilled individuals with herding knowledge connected to their African ancestry, to Spanish enslavement on the island of Hispaniola, to taking care of slave owners' cattle during the Civil War. The list goes on and on. And it was these black working men who became the first to be called cowboys <laughs> because they were derogatorily referred to as boy mm. instead of by name <laughs> well despite being some of the most prominent figures in the west in the late 1800s into the 1900s they've been completely written out of our history books we don't see them portrayed in classic westerns because hollywood was segregated when we do see them we often see them portrayed in stereotypes and tropes We don't hear their names on the rodeo circuits because Jim Crow laws and rodeo bylaws prevented black athletes from competing, historically barring them from large successes on PRCA stages. But people like John Ferguson are working to change that, Mm. to really challenge the narrative and ask us to consider not only the history, but its current implications. It's more important than ever for us to start having these conversations and to start digging deeper and to start promoting the true and powerful history of these black cowboys and the invaluable contributions they've made. We're so excited to be on this journey with y'all. Looking through your Instagram, we kept coming across kind of this idea that you are documenting the cowboys that history forgot. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, no, um, I was on assignment in New York about 20 years ago for on an 
another job. Um, and I saw these cowboys parading through, I think it was Times Square. It was Times Square. And I saw these uh, black guys dressed up in cowboy outfits and on horses and the full regalia. And I thought, what are those guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> Is this real? Sort of act or, or some sort of circus act or something. I don't know. And I, so I was intrigued and I found out a bit more about them. And they said they were... They're the first black, they were paying homage to the first black cowboys. You know, do you know about the first black, do you know about black cowboys? And I had to say, no, I didn't know anything about black cowboys. I said, yep, they were the, paying homage to them. Um, mm. as they were the first black first cowboys and they helped shape the Western frontier. So it intrigued me to find out more. But it took me another 15 years before I could embark on my adventure across the southern states of America. Wow. So that's something you sat with for a long time. Were you, you were going, yeah. you were just on assignment in New York. And I guess, uh, listeners, you've, you've probably noticed that we're, we're not calling John from like somewhere inside the He's US. not Southern. <laughs> he has a beautiful <laughs> He's a, John, you're, you're based in England. And so mm-hmm. you were in New York. Did you, you went home, you went back home and sat with this idea for 15 years? Well, I went back. I went back to America many times, and all my, my job. I was a photojournalist mm. by trade. That's what I do, and I travel the world um, doing uh, highlighting stories, features, natural disasters, and anything that goes on around the world. From Iraq to Afghanistan, to Hurricane Katrina, the tsunami, you name it. Basically, I did it. So it's in the back of my mind to do this cowboys, and stayed with me for yeah, a good fifteen years. So what was it about all of that, that that really struck you and stuck with you like that? Well, once I dug, it, dug a bit deeper into the cowboy history, it just, the more and more it opened up and the more fascinating it became. I mean, from realizing that there were black cowboys out there um, to understanding the, the role that Hollywood played in keeping down black cowboys, mm. to understanding how the name... Cowboys originally came from slavery days. Uh, as house boy, kitchen boy, water boy, cowboy. That's how the name actually originated. And the white uh, cattlemen were called, were called cattlemen and ranchers. And it was so it's only really Hollywood that sort of like, sort of like, not hijacked. I think it's all the name, but they took the name, basically. Because it sounded more rugged and manly and, and and as you know it went on to went on to signify America's in America's ruggedness and all around white hero and, and everything else but uh, yeah the original term was um, from slave days and it's funny how those so things like that tend to be co-opted, right? To when when it <laughs> serves to benefit the, the large, you know, the Hollywood picture we we take those names and then we we do kind of forget that that real history and everything that that built up you know the the whole western world i thought it was interesting too like just watching a video on off of your website and in doing some other research on really the history of black cowboys a quarter of the cowboys were black which is not something that is not represented i don't think we highly advertise that no no and probably based (laughs) on 
Hollywood's idea of what is marketable, who is marketable, um, you know, and it's just not historically accurate at all. <laughs> well, as, as they say, history is usually written by the winners, mm-hmm. and uh, they dictate what or their version of history. So a lot of it gets left out of the mix. So you have to dig deep, and it was more the books I found were really that the more academic and very historical based. Um, uh, books on the history of the black cowboys and, and then the buffalo cowboys and the relationship between the Indians and the African Americans. It just goes so deep, but then also the music as well, mm. uh, the blues and um, and the horsemanship. You know, there's so much there. It's unbelievable. So when I decided to look into it, I needed to remember I was sitting in London, in my home in London, trying to figure out how am I going to go to America? How am I going to find these forgotten cowboys? And how am I going to put it into a concise story? So there was a lot of research went on before I actually even left England to travel to America. So I, I, I was lucky to find one or two working cowboys and they agreed to look after me and put me up and to uh, introduce me to others. So I booked my ticket and off I went with a, with a pal to shoot some video and shoot loads of images of these cowboys and it was a fantastic journey that I'll never forget it's brilliant where did you start with all of that you decided you know you you knew you had to do that research you knew you needed to find someone you obviously you need subjects to, to document right where where did you start I well obviously through the web and um in, you know, try to find the right people. It was through a guy called Cleo or Leo Cleo Hearn, who ran the Cowboys of Color Rodeo mm-hmm. around, around Texas. I think it was. I think well, I met him in a place called Mystique in Texas, uh, where he was holding this uh, that year's Rodeo of Color in Mystique, mm-hmm. and that, from there I and my my and my colleague Greg, we met others, and I think because we were English, they were more intrigued that we were interested in their history. So that really, really, that really helped. It really helped. <laughs> Especially being down south, you know, two guys with London accents, you know. Yeah. We really stood, really stood out. Hanging know, around the rodeo. <laughs> you sounded cool. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah, and also when you're in America, you sort of embellish your accent a little bit more, so it sounds a bit more. It's like when the possible, basically. When the Southerners come up north, you know, there's more of a draw when they come up here. (laughs) We're down there in the south, saying big, yeah, yeah, Yeah. Daller. Yeah, Yeah. but but through Cleo and his contacts, I found a, a massive diverse range of cowboys some professional cowboys some freelance cowboys and some hobbyists mm. and and horse enthusiasts enthusiasts and and full-time rodeo um, rodeo competitors and part-time rodeo competitors so they all made up made up the big mix of of what i was looking for basically there was um i was looking to find a community you know a black cowboy community that many of us had never heard before so it didn't really matter what part of the community or industry they came from. 
for all intents and all intents and purposes, they came from the cowboy community and they had a cowboy heritage that they loved it, and um, it was made them proud. But mm. they kept everything so quiet. They were just there was a little community. There was, there was there was thousands of them. There are thousands of them still, mm-hmm. and thousands of uh, interested people in that community. But uh, it's just like a for me. I always just couldn't believe how. I, I, for somebody who's a well-travelled, well-read person and myself, I couldn't believe I've never heard these people of these people before. So, so I was, I was really happy to find this community there in uh, Texas and all over Oklahoma and else, elsewhere in America. I mean, you hear of the occasional, oh, this is a PBR bull rider, and he is the, you know most well-paid black athlete in the PBR or whatever, you see a few slip through the cracks, but to hear that from day workers to people that just want to own a few cows to people that show horses to, you know, every side of the industry, there are black cowboys and there, there's a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah, it's not, you yeah. know. And black, and black African-American um, interested people, you know, interested in the cowboy history and heritage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In a thousand shops, thousands, if not millions of them, yeah. um, but they they do seem to keep it to themselves. They're quite stoic about their heritage until you start talking to them, and then mm-hmm. it all comes out. But other than that, they keep themselves themselves and get on with their lives. And I think that's uniquely American for that sort of. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe this isn't uniquely American because Americans do like to shout about what they've got. <laughs> Rolling through your website, um, seeing how poignantly that story comes through and this, this history that has, you know, whether it's been kept quiet or whether, you know, that voice has been stifled and, and intentionally suppressed to like, for you to give people that space to be represented and tell mm. their story um, is a really beautiful yeah. and important thing. Well, as a photojournalist, you know, as I said, I travel, I travel the world quite a lot for my job. I work for a national newspaper in the UK, so so I, I was privy to a lot of stories, a lot of communities, a lot of people, a lot of different, uh, various different individuals and societies and everything else. So I was quite clued up about what made an interesting story. So, you know, yes, that's why I always kept that cowboy story in the back of my mind. But I didn't think, I, you know, I thought somebody would have you know, would have attached themselves to that story and worked on it before. I got back there after 15 years, but they didn't. So I was just, <laughs> just as well if I went back and, uh, and revisited the story, really. Or actually. You said you've covered, you know, Katrina, you've covered natural disasters, you've covered, um, you know, everything here that you've done. Have you said, have you felt like this has been received as your other work has been received or has that looked a little bit different in how people have responded to your work in this particular project uh, the reception for this project has been really it's been fascinating but i also kept it um quiet for another six or seven years i don't know why i, I knew i wasn't ready to uh publicize it actually i, I thought i was going to go back out there and finish it to me some finished um 
time moves on and other things get in the way, life gets in the way. Mm-hmm. And but I kept I kept the project on my hard drive for five or six years actually, and carried on working on other projects and stuff closer to home. Um, but um, I suppose it last it was only the last couple of years that I sort of started right. It's time to get this project out there because nobody still there's no action about these cowboys, these mm-hmm. communities. And unfortunately, it's only recently that the Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that's the word. One of a better word. That that sort of reared its head, and people started to look at the black cowboys and use it as some sort of um, um, some sort of um, uh, I don't know. It's almost like a rallying cry, really. Mm. And what did black people want to just celebrate their history and their heritage? And they, they never really get the chance to. And now they're really, you know, they, they seem to have a bit of a, a, a voice, a voice which is much, which is a little bit more heard now rather than being underground. So, and it's, uh, and everybody loves cowboys. There's not one person. <laughs> a universal truth. Yes, yes. That's that iconic and that uh, heroic. Then, and, and to find that there were black cowboys before anybody else, it's a, great, it's a great story. I would love if you could maybe expand a little more on some of these things we've been talking about. Um, because you mentioned this a few times, how closely intertwined the history of the United States hmm. is connected to the history of black cowboys Mm. and i i think um that that's not something a lot of people really know about and it's something angela and i are definitely still learning about so i'm wondering if you could if you could tell us more well yeah as much as i know but uh, what i've read but um do you remember the um the cattle trails yeah Mm -hmm. you remember those pictures of the cattle being marched up to north northern america Mm mm-hmm yeah, well, most uh, well, a lot of black cowboys were on those cattle marches. They were pivotal. They were. I don't think those cattle marches would be, would have worked without the black cowboys in there because they endured some of the most hardship mm-hmm. on those marches. You know, thousands and thousands of head of beef had to be looked after, corralled, and looked at and cared for, and protected from bandits and Indians and everybody else. And a lot of black cowboys worked on those cattle marches for the, for the Chisholm Trail, I think uh, from down south up to Kansas, I think as far as it went. But a lot of, and a lot of black cowboys preferred working on the frontiers, even though they were much more dangerous than rather than working in the, on the plantations, because it had a sense, a sense more sense of freedom there. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more of a collaborative approach on working on the frontiers because you had to help each other, basically, otherwise you'd perish. Mm. Um, so black men, if they could escape the plantations, the slave trade, they would ideally want to work within the cattle uh, cattle uh, industry and markets there. I'm not saying that it would be any better, but it would be, it had a sense of more, it had a, more of a sense of freedom for them um, and camaraderie than the plantations. And also, from what I read as well about these, the black soldiers during the Civil War, I mean, on the on the, on the Union side, you know, 
forming regiments like and they became known as the Buffalo Soldiers, you know, that famous Bob Marley song, which refers to them. Have you heard of them, haven't you? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, but they had a pivotal part in the war as well, but so that was all sort of brushed under the carpet. They had they had a hard time fighting uh, looking after the or fighting the native Indians actually after the war. They battalions were formed to pit themselves against the native Indians opening up the world west uh, the west western frontier against the native Indians. And yeah, it was uh, I mean there's lots of there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's uh, there's much to be said about that that part that um just the Buffalo soldiers in that um, that time, that era. Um, I mean, I'm, there's much more than I would ever know about there. But uh, what I read about it, I thought it was fascinating, the history of those uh, African-American soldiers uh, and the battalions that uh, they had in the, in, the Union, in the Union Army. Uh, and just the, the way they um, the way they existed, basically. It was a, it was a t- obviously it's a tough time for everybody, but it, but it was... So so tough for those and um, the hardship they endured as well. And it's interesting as you're talking about this. I'm I'm thinking about the way that history is often taught in U.S. classrooms, and that mm-hmm. it's not often talked about in that dynamic way that you just talked about it. Mm. It's kind of it's separated into you know it's it's little chapters, it's paragraphs, it's little mm-hmm. subsections where we don't always recognize the unique way that these, you know, groups of people or these entire kind of like historical moments we talk about interacted with each other, that they were all going on really at the same time, like that there were slaves on plantations yeah. while we had um, cowboys, you know, in the mm. West. They were integral to the, the Western frontier and the history of it as well. But, you know, there's the, they were just, well, Literally written out of history, basically. Written out of cowboy culture and history. Now, is that where is that where the the name for this project comes from? Forgotten Cowboys, or can, tell Absolutely. us more about that. Yeah, I, I termed it the Forgotten Cowboys because exactly that's what it said on the tin. They were forgotten about. Um, you know, to dig deep to find out their history, we have to dig that deep because they were quite prevalent um, during the. 18th century, 19th century, they're quite prevalent in the cowboy story. Um, I mean, there's so many characters I could go back to, but I can't, I can't actually remember off my head now. Nate Love, uh, mm-hmm. I, I remember as one of them being stands out. And even the, um, I think the Lone Ranger was, um, well, the story of the Lone Ranger. Yes, Bass Reeves. Black, Black Sheriff. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a famous, famous gunslinging sheriff. Mm-hmm. Uh, based <laughs> we sh- love him. Based the Lone Ranger around him. Yeah. Um, but there are so many other stories there as well um, that I've uh, gone through. I wish I'd done my research before I came up. If people are interested, it's definitely worth looking into and reading up because it's a fascinating story. And some of the stories I put on my Instagram account, mm-hmm. some of the pictures that I've I put, I always put a little bit of history beneath the pictures as well to signify uh, a little bit of uh, what went on and how the black cowboys were, uh, how they existed and how they lived and um, 
and some of them they claim to fame as well. You know, so yeah, as I said, it's a fascinating story. As I said, the more I dug into it, the more I wanted to learn and find out about. And uh, yeah, it still it still fascinates me today. So. So did you start this research kind of looking back on the past, the historical perspective of this, and then discover the contemporary piece, or was it... I was so excited to find that there was a community out there that I just went, went out and, and tried to find members of this community, mm-hmm. members of the African community, and it all went hand in hand, really. As I was, as I was out, I, went, I had two trips... In, uh, to America, so I did, did some research and history behind it before the second second trip. I found out a bit more and went to Oklahoma, mm. um, a bit more went to Mississippi, which Mississippi and further down I think still there is. I can't remember. I went to six states, I think, in the end. So wow, uh, it was a long bit of a, it's a great road trip actually. So, but it was all stemmed through finding these contacts through the rodeos, the rodeos. But even the rodeos and the black competitors weren't allowed to compete and up until 1986 or something. Mm-hmm. So, that, I found that very strange as well. You know, so, you know, major football, basketball, and everything else in America, um, African Americans were competing, but not, they weren't allowed to keep competing the rodeos in the 80s. So, it certainly seems like that's a little behind the times. <laughs> well, and a lot of people, I think, think about this as like an Old West type mm-hmm. of narrative, but it w- that's so current. Yes. I mean, that's not that far behind us at all. <laughs> no. And to think that that's, yeah, it's ridiculous. When you, when you think back <laughs> truly about the, the living history yeah. of this story that, you know, as you're documenting this and as you're reporting you're talking with some of like the the founding members of this movement of this recent push from like going from midnight rodeos to having the Bill Pickett rodeo mm-hmm, and the, and mm-hmm. the monumental shifts that are happening. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, it's, it's a fascinating story, isn't it? And um, and still today, people many people don't know about that history. How many many African Americans don't know about that history? Mm. Uh, and that was another reason why I wanted to produce this this body of work. I mean, it would be great if I could turn it into some sort of educational piece as well. But and then saying that, though, it is getting more more not more not notoriety as well. But There's so much more available now than there were ten years ago when I first looked into this. Mm. And there's since you did the initial work versus now, 
what inspired you to bring it to social media? Um, I think because I had more time now and then because of the uh, Black Lives Matter movement, I mm. think that was, it was, I, well, well, actually people still in contact with me. There was quite a few people in the American Foundations and Museum of the Vada Foundation as well. They contacted me and that's what, and that was the impetus, sorry. I remember now, sorry about that. So <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> from maybe what they've seen on Instagram that they've been so moved by and then bring them into their homes, etc. Yes, absolutely, yeah. And oh, if, cool. they see, if they see something on the Instagram account and it's not on the website, they can always have a print uh, as well as any, because there'll be more prints on the Instagram account than will be on the website. So they're all available for purchase uh, and they're all top quality fine art prints as well. Oh, so, love that. That is so cool. I think that's amazing because, like you said, that's you know, black cowboys have been so much a part of the the of just this entire history, but of the story that that tends to be written out. Mm-hmm. And so then to to bring that back and say, okay, maybe we don't see that in you know paintings that were that were done you know during this era, but you can you but we can see it today, see it and that you know the this entire group of people is now being represented. Thinking of maybe a child, when somebody sees a person that looks like them, their imagination can go wild. Because all of a sudden there's this, and I say this as a blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl that looks like Barbie, okay? Like, I've never not been represented. So I know how important that is, because you really can dream even bigger when somebody that looks like you is out there doing it first. Opens that up. Yeah. Absolutely, it's just fascinating to see a young black kid from a, uh, a maybe uh, another privileged background that sees a picture of a cowboy, and you know, and, and can read about their history and the, the cool things that they did and then done. And even today, the black rodeo riders, you know, you can, you know, something to emulate and be proud of. You know, that's just great. I mean, as a black person, you know, you look back at your in their history. You know, the history isn't filled with joy, excitement, and adventure. Mm. <laughs> so when you see uh, a black person from the uh, 1860s dressed up as a cowboy with guns and riding a horse, and there's an old photograph with him, old drawing, you know, that you make, you run, you make your imagination run wild, you know. And if a young child can imagine how interesting it would be. So many of the interviewees brought that up, saying, like, yeah. the importance of showing people that that still is like their story yeah. and their culture and so to 
to be like it's a mouthpiece for that. Yeah, to just to normalize that yeah. and say like, hey, this is our thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We were, we were there too. We we were we played a part in this history as well. Uh, and now you can read about it and learn about it because you know it's there. We highlighted it, and, and I'm helping to highlight that history a little bit. You know, a little bit of that knowledge towards the subject that's been there for centuries, but not been told properly. But John, obviously, your Instagram, your website are great sources for some of this historical information as well as introducing what are some things that you would recommend that people can go read or go look at or go watch that is going to teach them this real history that we did not all get in our u.s history classes <laughs> oh we got you know, <laughs> 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 how much time do you have because we want that the list of books and stuff that i've got that i know about but i can't on top of my head i can't remember them i've got the, my library has grown exponentially since since I've been doing this work. Um, but I wish I could remember, I'm not a home either, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm out, so um, I wish I could remember the uh, the authors and the books, but I can't remember. Um, and there hasn't been that many films either. You know, we've thought about that, John. <laughs> we got into we we fell into a big discussion about this just just last week. Yes, yeah. yeah. White men in general have kind of well, they have the monopoly on the Hollywood film industry when it comes to westerns and um, all of that. But what a cool thing moving forward that there are books out there, there are documentaries where people can learn from and continue to do better. So for for all of you who are listening today. Uh, you you absolutely need to go check out John's work if yes. you're not familiar with it. Yes, he's on Instagram. He has his main website. He's launching a website for this work specifically. Mm -hmm. um, he has a a beautiful uh, short film clip out there, um, and and we will get together with John and put together a list of maybe some of his favorite mm -hmm. resources for all of you to check out uh, yeah. because. That'd be great. It's it's past it's past, it's time, past time that we yeah. that we all start learning about this and yeah. having these conversations. So, John, could you tell everyone where they can find you online? Online, uh, my website is johnbergsonphoto.com. Uh, there's a section there with my personal projects, and my Instagram account is John Bergson, John underscore Bergson underscore photo. And also, the forgotten cowboys, another Instagram account. <laughs> 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 all of the Instagrams. <laughs> well, John, thank you so much for being on today. We appreciate your time. We appreciate you dealing with the Iowa storms happening in the background here. Um, and the story that you're helping to tell is so, so important. And we're just honored to be able to talk about that with you today. So well, thank you for being uh, interested in my project. I really, I really appreciate your, your calling and inviting me onto your podcast. Brilliant. Absolutely. Anytime. And if you ever need a place in Iowa, you know, we're here for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not, not in the storms, though. No, no, no. no. Today's not a great day, though. <laughs> not today, right? <laughs> All, right. All right. Thanks very much. I yes, appreciate it. Thank you. All right, you guys, that is another episode of the Breaking Western podcast. We will see you next week with another influencer or influential person within the Western industry. See y'all next time.